Jordan. Ian. Who went for a prostate exam, slipped mid-procedure, and now has a bit-on-the-nose nickname, Puppet Guy. Jim Carrey? No, two guys. What? Welcome to episode 42 of Two Guys What's Up, the weekly comedy podcast where the comedy is free, but the prostate exam will cost you. My name is Ian, and I'm joined by the guy who's all too happy to take my money, Jordan. Jordan, how are you? <laughs> I'm great, because you are very thorough. <laughs> I really like to get in there. Yeah, no stone unturned. One finger won't do the job. There's got to be five. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's just a problem when you don't take your watch off. <laughs> well, I've heard the the elbow is the most sensitive part of the body, so you really got to get that in there for a good feel. <laughs> Just to make sure everything's hunky-dory. Yeah, I'm sure. It certainly would be sensitive after an elbow, I would have thought. <laughs> Why'd you keep coming back for more? <laughs> I'm told it's a good thing to be done on me. <laughs> Not once a day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been doing it three times a day. <laughs> That's because I am just super health conscious, you know. I wake up every morning. Yes. I have yeah. my, my wheatgrass shake. I go for an 18-mile jog and come home. Don't even shower. Just straight to the prostate exam. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Imagine that after an 18-mile jog. It's made easier because after that, I'm just I'm knackered, so I want to sit down. So the top just kind of positions his hand. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, f***ing hell, finally a seat. Oh, Take God. a pew on my face. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, I must say, I'm not amazingly brilliant, actually, today. Oh? Because, I mean, you know about this, but I was involved in a little bit of a car accident. Yes. And it's a bit of a frustrating thing, trying to get uh, insurances to speak, and yeah, it's just a bit yep. of a pain. I mean, there were no injuries, everyone's okay. Very good. But essentially, for the people, obviously, that, <laughs> that don't know, I have told you, Ian, but I was in a supermarket car park, I was parked in the bay, within the white lines, may I just also add. Yeah. Yes, yes. And there was the bay to my right immediately free. So I get out of my car, get to the boot, open the boot to retrieve bags. Mm -hmm. And just as I'm about to close the boot, this other car comes into the bay beside me, but bangs the side of my car in doing so. Yeah, not very good. (laughs) I mean, I explained it to my dad afterwards and he said, you were lucky. And I said, am I really? I don't feel it. (laughs) (laughs) The car says otherwise. But lucky in the sense that I was there and, you know, the person didn't just kind of do it and then fuck off. Yeah, yeah, very true. Which I guess could have happened. Yeah, I think I told you a similar story to a friend who was parked in a supermarket car park and a car was reversing out of their bay, just went straight into the back of their car. Oh no. Pushed their car into the wall in front, got out, looked, so showed that this driver knew it had happened and just uh, got back in his car and drove away. At least that didn't happen. Oh, God. What do you do in that regard? I don't understand how people can be so stupid about it, really. Blase. Yeah, well, it's not as if they're going, oh, well, you know, I'm not bothered about that. But they must think to themselves, there are definitely cameras around here. I've definitely been seen. This person is definitely going to return to their car within the next hour. They're going to know, and the dominoes are going to line up. They're going to go into the shop. They're going to go, my car's been hit. Can you review the CCTV? Sure, here's the car. Here's the license. Here's the person. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's not exactly... The master criminal mind. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't require Sherlock, does it, really? No. So, yeah, very, very frustrating. But I must say, the lady that did hit me, I mean, she was quite an old lady. She was a really sweet lady, and I felt kind of sorry for her, because she was distraught, and she said, you know, in my 49 years of driving, I've never had an accident. And I said to her, well, you've done well so far. Yeah. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> you left another 49 years and you've done well. So everyone was okay and the car got hit and, uh, you know, she came out of the car and said, oh, I'm so sorry. So naturally I just Chinder. screamed in her face, Fuck you, old lady! <laughs> and I slammed her into the ground. <laughs> Typical Jordan. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, insurance was like, was there any injuries? And I was like, well, not from the vehicles, but by God, the third party was in a bad way. Not Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we love you for, John. Justice. It wouldn't be you if you didn't beat grannies. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> no, I am obviously joking. It was fine. Of course. Anyway, she's admitted liability, of course. So that's easy on my insurance. It means the premiums are not going to go up. And I keep my 11 years no claims. So that's nice. Delicious. But just a pain to sort of... Yeah, to go through to have to sort it all out during your, you know what I mean, your, your busy schedule as it is to then insert trying to figure all this out along the way as well. Exactly. I'm having to like pause Netflix all the time. It's super annoying. Yeah, that pause button's wearing out. <laughs> I've had to change batteries twice. <laughs> the expense is unreal. My arm's aching because I keep picking the remote up and putting it back down. <laughs> and Alexa stopped answering me, so it's just, just really annoying. But it is what inspired me for my segment this week, which I didn't tell you I was preparing for. Yeah, you haven't informed me. And that is inspirational but funny quotes to help you get motivated and get through your difficult Mondays. Is the top one, listen to Two Guys What's Up, because we release on a Monday. It is now. <laughs> but anyway, how are you? I don't I don't really know. I had a bit of an horrible morning. I know I'm going to get told off by my wife because <laughs> she asked me to go to town to get some pound coins from the bank. Okay. So I went to town, waited in the queue for about 15 minutes because they were busy, going slow, whatever, you know, so that's fine. I just waited in the queue. And then as I got to the front of the queue, as in I was going to be the next person to be called to the kiosk, yeah. I heard him say, sorry, mate, we've run out of coins. All I've got is these two peas. Oh, no. So I was like, oh, for God's sake. So I went to the cashier anyway, and I was like, I think I've just heard you say you've no money, but I was after some pound coins. And he's like, no, mate, sorry, just the two peas. As you blatantly just heard me say, you fucking idiot. And I was like, whoa, mate, calm down. That's not very professional. Is that when you slammed him into the ground? I couldn't, mate. Plastic barriers couldn't ah, get right. to him. <laughs> I just threw my son over. I was like, get him. <laughs> Second boy. I had to leave. And um, I know fine well my wife's going to come home and she's going to go, did you go to town? And I'm going to go, yep. And she's going to go, did you get the pound coins? And I'm going to go, nope. And she's going to go, you didn't go to town, did you? And I'm going to go, I did. I swear to God, I did. Oh, no. Just have a listen to this episode. Oh, yeah. This is just me, like, backing up my own evidence, like, my yeah. alibi. If I tell Jordan, that'll definitely make it true. Yeah. <laughs> On this comedy podcast filled with truth. <laughs> exactly. And also, could you not request the CCTV from the bank? <laughs> yeah, I asked yeah. I need it for my wife. Yeah. I'm in danger. I just go in like, I'm sorry about chucking my son at you, mate, but um, I need a favour. <laughs> my wife's going to kill me. Can Brilliant. I have the CCTV footage, please? And he's going to be there in his bandage with his neck brace like, fuck you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, mate, fuck you. I'm back with both my boys. Give me the, give me the CCTV footage, you bastard. <laughs> He's like, okay, go, 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 yeah. <laughs> What's your email? <laughs> Amazing. Oh, well, I mean, not a great start, but it can only get better. <laughs> yeah, sure. You keep telling yourself that. <laughs> I'm trying to get this inspirational feeling going. <laughs> Never mind. Yes. But anyway, uh, what have you got for us today? Well, Jordan, me old trick master. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Today, I am going to be telling you about some stories 
is about time slips. Have you ever heard of these buggery boo things? Buggery boos? Yeah. <laughs> That's irrelevant to the story. So oh, is just... it really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, is that where time kind of warps? Where something has happened, but you feel like it can't possibly have taken place within this matter of time? Or am I misunderstanding it? Possibly. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll fill you in and you can tell me if you're right, because I have no idea what you just said. Fine. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> So a time slip is a phenomenon where a person appears to briefly and inexplicably move through time, experiencing a different era, all while remaining in their current location. Yeah, that's exactly what I meant, verbatim. Perfect. Yeah. You were actually reading my notes, weren't you? It's just so, so badly spelt and written that you just couldn't, couldn't make any legible words out of it. <laughs> Yeah, so during a time slip, individuals might experience different scenes, people, or events, most generally from the past, but these experiences are often sudden, unexpected, distorting, and sometimes accompanied by all sorts of changes that you might expect to see by being thrust backwards in time, like the environment, clothing styles, or differences in technology. Sorry, just one question. Do the people that experience this realise it's happening? Well, I've got five stories for you that will illustrate exactly that, John, so all your questions, or that one question, will be answered. (laughs) And hopefully many. <laughs> Thank you. Should we get into it? Let's just fucking do it then, pal. Nice. <laughs> is, is that the transition? <laughs> <laughs> Little bit of reverb. It'll be beautiful. It is now because I started doing the psh as you did that. So it's like. <laughs> Thank God I'm not on the toilet. <laughs> Okay, so today I've essentially got five reportedly true time slip stories for you to wrap your noggin round. And towards the end, I'm going to tell you about one place that is supposedly notorious for them. Where, Jordan, you and I could travel to right now if we wanted and be there in the next three hours. Oh, okay. So the first story comes from a gentleman that unfortunately remains unnamed. But he says that he, his dad and his sister all experienced this back in the late 90s in Kings Lynn, Norfolk. Right. He says that they were in town waiting by a fence near a railway station just passing time before they were to see their sister off on a train journey. It was around about noon and they were just hanging about, not really doing much. Then, out of nowhere, something weird happened. Uh-oh. What? No, something weird happened. Oh, I thought you'd knocked over another drink or something. Ah, no, no. Someone's rammed into my car again. <laughs> oh, no, not again! <laughs> Just hear the car alarm from the outside. <laughs> no, I like, I bring it indoors now. <laughs> Leave it in your living room. <laughs> Under a blanket. Yeah, it's just next to me in the bedroom. <laughs> How you got it up there, I do not want to know. Ah, uh, very clever. He said that the world around them suddenly went silent. And this silencing thing that happens is a common trait that I've noticed through reading all these stories. Oh, okay. But he says the traffic noise disappeared, the air felt strangely still, and they all noticed it, but none of them said a word. Then, something terrifying happened. They heard the unmistakable sound of horse hooves on the road. Seconds later, this furious-looking guy in 18th century clothing, driving a horse and cart, pulled up in front of them. He had this intense, hate-filled glare on his face, like he was on a murderous mission. He circled his car, eyeing them like he wanted to harm them, but eventually, he turned and just vanished down the same road he came from. The sound of the hooves faded into the distance, and just as suddenly as it started, they found themselves back on the bustling road with cars zooming by. The stillness disappeared, replaced by normal city noises. He said that they all looked at each other, trembling in disbelief, and all they could muster was, "Uh, did you f***ing see that? And they all agreed yes. What they had just seen did in fact just happen. 
that's weird. Very strange, isn't it? So yeah, the first story, right out the gate, fucking weird. Can you imagine that? Yeah, just to clarify, I'm assuming this was them in the same location, just the time had moved. Yeah, so they don't right. move through space, like, so they're not like transported to like a foreign country or anything like that. Right. Or the moon or something stupid. Yeah, they, they it's just like their surroundings, like they are just suddenly transported back in time to that location. That's so weird. So I guess like the buildings would have maybe changed or disappeared or something like that. Yeah, yeah. How weird. I mean, the buildings come up quite a lot in this next story, which is uh, super strange. Oh, okay. So the second story takes place in October of 1957 on a sunny autumn day in Kernsey in Suffolk, where three 15-year-old boys were on an orienteering expedition as part of the Royal Navy cadets. Their goal that day was to navigate to a waypoint and report their findings back to base camp. So far, so good. Yeah, sounds like a lovely little day out, doesn't it? It does. But as they roamed through the countryside, they noticed a village in the distance where church bells were ringing, they saw smoke rising from chimneys, and they even spotted a church spire. But the closer they got, the stranger things became. The sounds vanished, the birdsong disappeared, and an eerie silence fell over the boys. That's the silence. That's the silence again, the common trope that we see through all these stories. And I mean, these stories are all of separate people from different times, so to see that common thing going through them all is uh, a bit of maybe confirmation that these things... I mean, even if it's not exactly a time slip, you know, they're they're noticing this one strange thing, so something must be happening. True, yeah. I mean, how often is it that all sound just disappears? Exactly, yeah. Super rare. There's something called the Oz Factor. Have you ever heard of that? No, not a clue. This comes from a book that I'm going to be doing a story on. It's about alien encounters, but the author speaks about something called the Oz Factor, and he says, As far as the term Oz Factor goes, Jenny Randalls first coined the phrase in 1983 after investigating one of her first cases. Okay. Jenny came to the conclusion that perhaps those who experienced close encounters fell within a specific range of high strangeness, and those who stood outside of it were excluded and were unable to see the phenomenon. Eyewitnesses told her that they felt strange, mental tingling before something happened, happened, whilst others claimed that they would have just looked up towards the sky and the phenomenon would appear. Time would also disappear, so there's a time thing, and lose all meaning. Jenny went on to say that all ambient sounds faded away, including bird songs and the wind blowing through the trees. Mm. She observed that it seemed as if eyewitnesses were singled out and placed in a bubble, and this is the reason used for the term odd factor, because these people were describing being taken out of this reality and transported mentally into another dimension, where seemingly magical events happened, like the Land of Oz. Right, okay. Okay, never heard of that. Does remind me though, the other week, or a few days ago actually, I was out with my wife walking the dog. Hmm. We were near the beach. It was night time, so there was really no one around. Yeah. And there was a moment where I could describe it as being eerily quiet. Like everything did just sort of... Stand still. Go on mute. Yeah, it was like... Right. And I, I actually said to my wife that it's got very eerily quiet. Did you have a little look around to see if you could notice anything? Um, I mean, it was just like horse and carts and old dress <laughs> old people. people, yeah. <laughs> UFOs. Um, no, nothing like that. And then I guess it was kind of forgotten about, really. But um, yeah, I remember noting that very thing. Interesting. So back to the countryside. So they're walking around. They've had all this silence fall over them. But they said what was even more bizarre, that the autumn trees suddenly turned lush green, like it was spring. Mm. The breeze disappeared. And they noticed that the village had transformed into a medieval scene. Modern elements like streetlights, TV antennas and cars were gone. Even stranger, though, there were no people anywhere. So, feeling uneasy, the boys began to look around. They spotted a butcher's shop, and in the window they saw skinned animals, as you might expect to see, except these animals were green with mould and covered in cobwebs. Almost as if the butcher had left in a hurry weeks earlier. That sounds delicious. In fact, it wasn't just the butcher's shop. As they discovered, all of the houses were empty, like they were wandering through a ghost town. Mm. The boys later described everything as flat, 
or two-dimensional, with trees casting no shadows in the sunlight, and even the ducks in the stream seemed frozen in place. So with that, chilling sensation overcame them as they began to feel as they had eyes from something hidden watching their every move. Terrified and feeling nauseous, they hurried up the village street, and when they felt that they were far away enough, they glanced back to see if anything was following them, only to see, again, the smoke billowing chimneys and the church spire. So it's like they had then run out of the time slip that they ran into in the first place, and they are now back in their own time. Yeah, but weird that there was nobody around, though. Well, that bit could possibly be explained. For you see, in 1990, one of the boys returned to investigate the incident with the help of a psychical researcher, Andrew McKenzie. They discovered that the building where the rotten meat had been seen was actually a butcher's shop from 1790 to 1905. The man recounted the overwhelming sadness and unease he had felt, while McKenzie theorised that the three boys might have stumbled into Kearnsey shortly after a plague outbreak had devastated the village, which could explain the lack of people during their eerie time slip. Oh, right. Well, that does add some weight to that story, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, there's a bit of corroborating evidence. So if there wasn't a butcher shop there when the boys were there and they didn't know about it, but they said they saw it and it's later backed up by historical evidence. Yeah. Must be true. And the fact that there was this awful outbreak, Mm. so that explains the the lack of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's a plague, I wouldn't want to go outside. (laughs) Oh, God. What would happen if in their current time they brought the plague with them? I thought the exact same thing, you know. They were just walking along and got nibbled on by a little rat or something. Yeah. I mean, I guess in this day and age it is very easily curable. Yeah, but what if you didn't even realise? Well, I guess you'd get sick, go to hospital, get cured. I guess, but I mean, I don't know if plague would be the first thing on people's minds to look for. I think when you saw the the symptoms that were presented, the doctor might look at it and go, that looks a little bit by, a little bit by, 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 by plague there. <laughs> Is that what they'd say? Yeah. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> yeah, that looks a little bit by, I can't even, f- you say it, that looks yeah. a little bit like plague there. Go on, you say it. That looks a little bit like plague there. Yeah, we got to say it like I said it. That looks a little bit like plague there. Oh, that looks a little bit like plague there. All right, f*** off. <laughs> Smart ass. <laughs> it was less of the, oh, that looks a little bit like plague there. I think that deserves a remix. <laughs> Oh, God. Don't let it happen. (laughs) Oh, it's gonna. (laughs) I'm getting better with logic every day, Jordan. (laughs) Oh, dear. Which was evidenced by my fantastical musical composition of the Slurpee song a few episodes back. Absolutely. And there was a moment where, remember when we mentioned about the mask the smell, mask the smell, mask the smell? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I was gonna put that into there within the beat as well. (laughs) Oh, you surely should have. I would have adored the collaboration. Uh, I I might still remix it in the future, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Please do. (laughs) So, anyway, as we move forward onto our final three stories, we now move into the bit which is the hotspot, the bit that we could travel to, Jordan, and investigate ourselves, the bit where it's just f***ing absolutely rife with time slips, this place. You can't go out for your morning coffee without wandering into 1487. Wow, okay. Bloody takes the piss a little bit, really. They should block that road off. (laughs) I might petition the council. <laughs> I don't live there, I don't care. <laughs> Fair enough. What would happen is, right, I'd go with my letter, my angry written letter, to go down to the council office and, and petition them to close that road off. But I'd accidentally walk into, like, the 1600s or something. Yeah. Walk up to the, the council office and be like, I demand you close this road. And they were like, offer your head, dickhead. And, you know, I'd be on the chopping block. <laughs> Don't talk to us like that, you bastard. <laughs> oh, God. And then, luckily, just in time, you come back to reality, but you're sort of bent over. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the street. <laughs> Crying for my mum. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 
Oh dear, it was just at the moment the guillotine was about to touch your skin. But the thing is, I mean, it happens so often, people just don't care anymore. No, absolutely. There's little help groups waiting at the side of the street with, like, um, blankets and a cup of tea to, you know, to, to welcome you back to the prison. Fair enough. <laughs> Sounds like they need it. Yeah, absolutely. We could terrify in that. It would be awful. So this place is a delightful little town, village, I don't know what it's called. In England. City? That's the one, possibly. Of Liverpool, which we have spoken about before. The home of the Beatles. That's the guys, yeah. The, the people who I once was in a past life. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did love when you did that voice. The, the impression of my yeah. former self. You know. Not really an impression, it's just me channeling my, my former body. Yeah, you're right. So, Liverpool is known for many urban legends, spooky tales and strange occurrences, but there is a street called Bold Street where time slips are often reported. Over the years, people have claimed to have been transported to another time while walking along this very street, remembering and reporting specific details that have apparently been reported to be true of bygone eras. Right. So the first of these time slip stories involves Frank, an off-duty police officer and his wife Carol, who in July, July, I said, 1996, they visited Liverpool for a bit of light shopping. They split up, not maritally, they just went their separate ways in the shopping centre, whilst Carol went to a bookshop on Bold Street, and Frank went searching for a CD elsewhere on a less important street. Yeah, no one cares about Frank. Yeah, no one cares about Frank and his stupid CDs. (laughs) Get a real hobby, Frank. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> At least invest in some vinyl. <laughs> you imagine Frank this off duty sixty year old copper like at the mixing desk like wick wick wicky. No, oh, come on guys. <laughs> Pump it up. Raise the roof. Get down from there, Frank, you'll hurt yourself. <laughs> Where are you, Carol? <laughs> You've been gone ages. Can anyone see my wife? <laughs> So anyway, about 20 minutes later, as Frank walked towards Ball Street, he suddenly entered an eerie silence, yet again. Mm. Out of nowhere, a 1950s-style box van zoomed past him, and the van had Kaplan's written on its side. Frank crossed the road, only to find that the bookshop that his wife had gone to had transformed into a store called Crips, selling women's handbags and shoes. The people on Ball Street were dressed in 1940s and 50s attire, and Frank followed a girl, who was seemingly also dressed in his era's clothes, into the fashion shop, and as he stepped in, everything changed back to the bookshop. He went up to the lady, who he'd followed in, and asked her if she had seen the same thing, and she confirmed it. Others later told Frank that Crips and Kaplan's had existed there in the past. Right, so someone experienced it exactly at the same time he did. Yeah, and I absolutely love the fact that in the story, like, she wasn't freaking out. She was just like, yeah, that really happened, and just walked off like it's a normal thing. Really? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, she's like, yeah, mate, that really happened, don't worry about it. You've got, just got to roll with it. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, she could be like, I'm often venturing down bold streets, a daily occurrence. Can you imagine, like, if you were walking down the street, right, in on Bold Street, and you came to a shop that sold something that you really liked, like a, a delicacy or a sweet that you don't get nowadays, and you go to that street street to then specifically go to that shop to get that thing it's like walk down the street and then like oops didn't slip this time guess i'm gonna have to go without my powdered mushrooms you know oh i see hoping that the time slip would have happened to allow you that yeah got you yeah yeah that would be annoying and then the the days when you just want to get to work yeah yeah <laughs> and you're like oh here we go again you just sat outside of the front of the shop eating powdered mushrooms like, <laughs> another disciplinary on the way my boss is gonna kill me yeah <laughs> but all of a sudden their boss drives past them <laughs> they're like oh morning steve 
leave. <laughs> well, at least I'm not in trouble then. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, unless they're like, why are you sat eating mushrooms on the side of the pavement? You should have been in work 20 minutes ago. I'm stuck in the 1950s, mate. What do you expect? <laughs> Surely that is like the best excuse ever. Oh, I don't know how many would buy it, though. I might try it tomorrow. Call my boss. Sorry, can't come in today. I'm stuck in the 20s. <laughs> I'll bring you back some powdered mushrooms. So the second story is reportedly from a young girl named Imogen. The second? Yeah, the second story of of the Liverpool saga. Oh, sorry, right, got you. Get with the programme, Jordan. Sorry. I'll start again. The second story of the Liverpool saga is reported by a young girl named Imogen. She decided to head into Liverpool to buy some baby essentials for her sister Abigail, who had just given birth to a baby. When Imogen arrived at her destination, she stumbled upon a brand new mother care store on the corner of Lord Street and Whitechapel. Excited, Imogen entered the store, picked up a few baby items, and was pleasantly surprised by the low prices. But at the till, however, things took a strange turn. The cashier gave her an odd look when presented with Imogen's debit card. The cashier called the manager over, who exclaimed that her credit card could not be taken as payment because they didn't accept payment from these fucking stupid things. Disappointed, Imogen returned all the items to the shelves as she didn't have any cash to hand. Then back home, she shared her bizarre experience with her mum, fully expecting her mum to just be like, what the f***? But her mum's response was that that store had closed down years ago and now a bank stood in its place where she herself had an account. Determined to prove her mother wrong, much like I did with the scone saga with you, Jordan, Imogen returned to the same spot the next day, but to her shock, the mother care store had disappeared entirely, replaced with the bank that her mother had spoken of. Imogen could not believe it. She was pissed off. And it was as if she had stepped back in time to when that mother care was actually there. Interesting. And don't you think it's ironic that Mother Care wouldn't accept the debit card, but later became a bank? Oh, yeah. I did not see the irony. <laughs> and also the irony that Imogen wasn't even actually a mother, so why did she care? <laughs> she actually owned a hamster. <laughs> she actually was a hamster. <laughs> She had such puffy cheeks. She could have just put all the baby clothes in her cheeks, couldn't she, and just taken it home. <laughs> Fuck your debit card hating rules. I'm taking the stuff anyway, sat at the till. Om nom 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 Eating all this stuff. <laughs> uh, only problem is, as she walks out, she just has to go into hibernation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> walks out, finds a nice little cosy spot. I'll just, I'll just hunker down here for a bit. <laughs> Anyway, so the third and I believe final story, because I can't remember how many I wrote, is about a young man named Sean. This is the last one, yeah. So back in 2006, while shoplifting in Liverpool, and I love the way that's written, you know, like it's just an everyday occurrence. Like, oh, so let him I'm off out shoplifting. Okay, be back in time for tea. Bring the mash. Don't get caught. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not bailing you out again, you cunt. <laughs> So yes, while he was doing the apparent everyday activity of shoplifting, he found himself running from a security guard. Desperate to escape, Sean, aged 19, darted into a narrow dead-end street, and he thought, Fuck, I know these streets, I probably shouldn't have run down here. But as he caught his breath, an unsettling feeling washed over him. It wasn't just him though, something fell off in the air. Sean waited for the security guard to appear, but strangely... They never did. Thinking that he had eluded his pursuer, Sean casually left the alley and continued down Hanover Street. But as he walked, he noticed things were drastically different. The road looked strange, outdated cars drove past, and the familiar roadworks had vanished. Even the people around him were dressed oddly. When he reached Bold Street, 
Oh, there it is again. Oh. Sean was shocked to find traffic lights where there had been none before, and bushes had sprung up all around him. He recognised a nearby bar, but it looked different. Fear set in as Sean realised that he had somehow travelled back in time. But it wasn't quiet. It wasn't quiet, no. Uh, well, I mean, maybe that happened in the alley. Maybe there was no noise anyway. Maybe you didn't notice it. Maybe you should um, take more time to observe his surroundings rather than running around shoplifting. <laughs> Yeah, fucking idiot. <laughs> so this unsettling time slip showed no signs of ending. Desperate for help, he did what anyone would probably do, but probably the most stupidest thing to do. He reached for his phone, but it was useless because he was back in time and there was no signal. What a moron. <laughs> what a plank. <laughs> so increasingly panicked, Sean ran to a kiosk that sold newspapers. When he looked at the front page of the paper, the date sent chills down his spine. It read, May 18th, 1967. He wondered, how the f*** am I going to get back to my own time? My mum's going to be well angry at me. Yeah, she'll be thinking he was in Nick and everything. Yeah, I told that bastard not to get caught. (laughs) How am I going to get my mash now? (laughs) You've ruined the dinner, Sean. (laughs) You've ruined your grandma's birthday dinner, Sean. (laughs) So, with determination, Sean hastened his pace and ran up the street, and upon trying his phone once more, it finally worked. With relief, he found himself back in the present. But as he looked back down the road he had come from, he could still see people from 1967 wandering around. Sean had seen enough. He rushed onto a bus and went home. When interviewed by the local newspaper, that just fucking weirded me out that line anyway, because you, you wouldn't go to a paper and be like, oh, shoplifting, right? Right down the alley and <laughs> like, went back in time. <laughs> highly incriminating. Anyway, during this local newspaper interview, he recounted the bizarre experience, and while it is tempting to think that he made this story up to evade the security guard, there is a bit of validation, because apparently when the security guard was questioned, he insisted that when he chased Sean into the alley, which was a dead end, Sean had simply vanished without a trace. Oh, okay. So, there is some kind of evidence backing up that then, isn't there? I mean, I don't know why the security guard would lie to anyone. (laughs) Well, what if he just wanted an extended lunch break? He was like, yeah, I chased him. He did fucked off. Yeah, he ran out the door, straight into Coupland's. <laughs> Got a pasty and a coffee, feet up. <laughs> just every so often on his radio. Yeah, mate, I'm just running down uh, West Avenue. Uh, suspect is on foot. Oh, yeah, nom, nom, nom. Yeah, <laughs> you don't sound out of breath, but you sound like your mouth's full. <laughs> I've been doing cardio workouts. I'm well healthy now. Oh, God. Turns out he's a relation to fucking hibernation woman. (laughs) It's his aunt. No, it's his uncle. It's her uncle. I don't fucking know. (laughs) Oh, dear. How interesting, though. Very fascinating stories. Yeah, super strange. Awesome stuff. So do you think a time slip is something that could happen? It is said that the potential of time is literally all happening at one point. We only see time as we see it because that's the only way we can perceive it. Yeah, it's a very interesting theory. I don't know. I I feel like it's out there because my mind can't really grasp it. Mm -hmm. But I could sense that that kind of thing probably could happen. Yeah, I mean, it does sound like it's, it's something that could probably happen. I mean, time exists. I can't picture it, but I can imagine it happens. I think that is called picturing it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I still can't really imagine it happening, but I understand the concept. Yeah, super creepy. But yeah, that is five interesting, definitely true, completely evidenced stories of fantastical time slips. Very good. Thanks for listening. And thanks for telling us. No worries. I thought that was interesting. I'm off to hibernate. I've just eaten like a whole bowl full of baby clothes. Shattered pal. I mean, your debit card didn't work, but I mean, it wasn't for that reason anyway. (laughs) I eat that too.
Brilliant. Well, that was very interesting. Thank you. No, no worries at all, me old pal. So you were going to tell me about what, car crashes? <laughs> <laughs> well, Ian, the weather is well and truly turning, as we all know. Yes. These Mondays we're meeting on are getting colder, darker, wetter, just much more miserable, I'm afraid. Yeah. But... Here at Two Guys What's Up HQ, we aren't very happy with that, are we, Ian? Not at all, Jordan. No. We want to do something about it. In fact, I'm very pissed off about it. So am I. Can I speak to the manager of Earth, please? <laughs> He's busy eating his donut. <laughs> Chasing suspects. Oh, yeah. That's what they say. They keep disappearing or something. Bastards. <laughs> so, we want to do something about these awful Mondays. A bit of a public service, if you like. Absolutely. So, please allow me to share with you a compilation of humorous but uplifting quotes just to get you inspired and get you through your week. Fantastic. Sound all right? I think I need it, mate. Tell me. I <laughs> think I do too. <laughs> I'll try and take my own words on board. Here we go. First one. Whatever you do, Always give 100%, unless, of course, you donate in blood. I think that's a, a fair thing to go by, isn't it, really? I mean, if you're going to die anyway, do the kindest thing and, you know, give it to the people going to need it. Unless you've got some sort of blood illness, then maybe don't. Yes, yeah, probably best not to do it in that case. <laughs> you know, if you're well and healthy, go for it. Another one. I learned a long time ago that worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but doesn't get you anywhere. That is very true. It's good, isn't it? I quite like that. Yeah. I mean, my wife is quite the worrier. Right. She always says to me, like, you know, I'm worried about this, I'm worried about that. And I'm like, I always just think to myself, like, what's the point in worrying? Because this thing is happening. Regardless. Yeah, the only thing you can do is just try and deal with it in the best manner possible. Yeah, you're right. I think it is sometimes harder to do than say, though, isn't it? I mean, for some people... Not if you're me, I mean... <laughs> I just I just shut my brain off. <laughs> that happened a long time ago. Far too many years ago, yep. <laughs> many moons ago. But no, you're right. I mean, I still worry about things and I get anxious over certain things. But you do have to remember that, like you said, those things might happen anyway. And I'll enjoy my existence more if I don't worry about it. Hell yeah. My main takeaway is, when I'm laid on my deathbed, what do I want to think about? Do I want to think and go like, fucking hell, I wish I'd spent less time worrying. I wish I hadn't done this. I wish I hadn't handled that situation that way. Or do I want to be like, I had tons of fun. Remember that time, you know, we went out swimming at midnight, you know, something stupid. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I once heard a quote like, and it, I mean, this is like irrelevant to what you're talking about, but it's a perfect quote that said, no one's going to be on their deathbed wishing they worked harder. True. So it's a similar thing. Like no one's going to be on the deathbed thinking, I'm so glad I worried about that completely pointless thing which was so easily fixed exactly yeah it reminds me of another quote um I haven't written it down but it was something like worrying is really good for me because 90% of what I worry about never happens yeah <laughs> like it's yeah your mind just makes up all these scenarios because it's this um damage control in it you're trying to yes. think of all the things that could happen so you're thinking about how you're gonna fix them should that happen but it, it just really isn't good for you no not at all it, it gets you down it ages you it, it does, yeah. I'm only two. I've got grey hair. I'm only 24. <laughs> you shouldn't, because you don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped worrying about when I was 24. Now do you just worry about the grey hairs, and it's a perpetual cycle. I'm looking forward to going grey. Are you? I am going to own it, yep. You know, th again, there's no... I can't change it. I'm not going to walk... I'm not going to be one of these people at 60, like, you know, dyeing my hair to try and look like I'm 20, so I'm going <laughs> to grow old with grace. And, and I mean, I'm going grey. My wife called me a skunk the other day, not because I stink. <laughs> but because because the the white stripe. Are you sure? <laughs> Maybe I tell myself it's because of the white stripe going through my beard. But, but she says it even when you clean shaven. <laughs> 
didn't want to poke that bear. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, but yeah, interesting. <laughs> Can I call you skunk from now on? <laughs> call what you want, mate. <laughs> well, it's fine. You won't worry about it anyway. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, my brother gave me the nickname of Badger. That's true. So I guess that they're not too far removed. Wow, that's very true. Yeah, I forgot about that. Anyway, another one. My therapist told me a way to achieve true inner peace is to finish what I start. So I finished two bags of M&Ms and a chocolate cake. I feel better already. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was going to go. Uh, my therapist told me it was best to finish things that I started. So I thought I'd start with a sentence and... <laughs> Brilliant. (laughs) I didn't go silent. That was just the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) I realised the joke. It just does that happen. (laughs) Wait for the punchline. He's still there, Ian. He's still there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Another one was, apparently this was a Theodore Roosevelt quote, actually, Ah. which was... Don't be a dickhead. He might have said that after this one, actually. Famous words from Theodore Roosevelt. Don't be a knob. (laughs) No, the quote was, when you were asked if you can do a job, Tell them, certainly I can, and then get busy and find out how to do it. Yeah. And I think that's fair. Oddly enough, I was going to say this at the beginning on, on your first Mondayism, but I think it's relevant now probably to more so to bring up. You know, like if you're, when you're a kid and you're going into like a new class in school. Yeah. Right. You're going up to like the year above and you're thinking, oh my God, we're going to learn trigonometry or we're going to learn fucking cell division, mitosis, you know, chem- chemistry, this, math, that. And you're thinking, I don't know any of that. The thing is, you're going into that year and you don't know any of that, so don't worry about it because you're going to learn. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, that can be said for anything, like going into a new job, you're thinking, you know, it's so overwhelming, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know the procedures, I don't know how to do this. Like, you're going to fucking learn, so just don't worry. Yeah, and I think maybe what his quote was saying as well is that don't let the lack of that knowledge put you off from doing things. Yeah. Learn on the job. Yeah, it's fine. So say you wanted to change your, your career right now, you want to go be a crane driver, you think, I don't fucking know how to drive a crane. So like, well, get the job and get training. Yeah, exactly. It really isn't rocket science. Unless you wanted to train in rocket science, then it would literally be rocket science. That's a very good point, John. Very stupid. <laughs> you should be a brain surgeon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't do that because I don't know anything about that, Ian. <laughs> Best not to then. Okay. <laughs> Don't even bother trying. (laughs) Just stay at home. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Another one. No matter what happens in life, try and be happy. It drives the worst people crazy. It does. That is very true. There are people who are so miserable that their only goal in life is to bring other people down. Because as they say, misery loves company. Yes. And I do feel like it's the only way that they get some sort of satisfaction in their own life. Yeah. It's just making other people feel the way they do. They think they feel accomplished. Yeah, definitely. I think that's true. Smile in the face. Go home. Have a wank. (laughs) be happy that is a quote from ian <laughs> i should say it's not he's not reading my notes <laughs> I, I am <laughs> says here point number six be happy go home have a wank i've quickly edited it um, okay another one from stephen hawking no less was i have noticed that even people who claim everything is predetermined and that we can do nothing to change it still look before they cross the road. <laughs> and I just think that's uh, beautiful. See, I, I don't know, because there's this whole thought process of can you change an inevitable future? Right. So if everything was predestined, then the act of looking across the road when you get there was predestined. 
I see. So that's not them getting there and it being predestined whether they're going to get hit or not. That action of looking side to side is predestined, so they have no choice. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or if they choose not to, that was predestined. Yeah, whatever happens is what was going to happen. Mm. So is that it? Am I smarter than Stephen Hawking? Currently, yeah, because he's dead. <laughs> Fucking hell, Jordan. <laughs> You just can't help yourself, can you? Oh, another celebrity's dead. Better make a joke. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. Yeah, sure. I think he's a brilliant guy. He was a fantastic scientist, yes. He was, he was. And theory... Uh, what do you call him? Theoretical physicist. Yeah. All round nice guy, I think. I mean, I didn't know him. <laughs> I, I feel like it sounds like I'm gearing that up to be a joke, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, wait for the punchline. Gonna... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Another one. Seize the moment. Remember all the women on the Titanic who waved off the dessert cart. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Live for the moment. Yeah, that's it. Or as those cool kids say, YOLO. No, no, you didn't just say it. <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> Carpe diem. Better? Uh, ish. That's like Latin, mate. Um, that means I'm super intelligent. Lorem ipsum. What? what? That's Latin. That sounds like a, someone's name. <laughs> Lorem ipsum. That's what web designers use when they don't have actual text and they use what's called lorem ipsum to fill the text boxes with what looks like text. So it's like placeholder. Oh, I see. I oh. thought you were just like recording while you were at your second job at Costa and like, you just made a coffee like... <laughs> Laura Ipsum, <laughs> your latte is ready. <laughs> Looking around the room. <laughs> uh, I've got it wrong again. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I'll, I'll rattle through a few more. They say opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. Mm. That's one to think about. Yeah. Even if you're on the right track, you will get run over if you just sit there. Very true. Yep. Got to keep moving. As Supergrass said, keep moving. Just keep moving. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That was one of my other quotes. <laughs> um, when in doubt, always remember bad decisions still make good stories. So again, don't worry. Just let life happen. It's fine. Okay, right. So you stood there. You're about to spend £1,000 on the deck of cards that you definitely shouldn't buy. Your wife's at home saying, we need a new washing machine. And, you know, the car's been crashed into. You can't afford the heating. Yeah. <laughs> Dogs cold you know you're thinking i probably shouldn't but you know bad decisions make good stories <laughs> yeah uh, well there you go you've taken from it i like it yeah well that, that's the, what i tell myself every single time i put a new orbit deck on my credit card and at this point i wish you'd stop fucking bringing them out <laughs> i'm still waiting for the story the story is uh, how i got my divorce <laughs> which i'm waiting for Oh, brilliant. Happen anytime soon. <laughs> and finally, remember that today is a good day to try. You only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. That is so true. Isn't that nice? Yes, yes, absolutely. And so there you have it. So do you have a takeaway, like a final message that you have, have accumulated from all of these fantastic sentences to help drive our audience's happiness through the roof? I do. I can summarise it in a couple of final sentences, if you like. Go home, have a wank. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, if you like. Or just remember that the next time you feel like you dislike your life or you're finding it hard, remember it's all about perspective. Like, I mean, I've got a friend who reads two or three books a week. He works out twice a day. He's got no financial worries. And he has people that wants to have sex with him all the time. It's okay, you can name me. And yeah, he still constantly complains about how much he hates prison. <laughs> There's just no pleasing some people. Oh, good God. I didn't know that's where that was going. <laughs> no, but genuinely. So there you have it. Some inspirational quotes to hopefully get you through your dreary Mondays. But do you feel a bit uplifted, Ian, in any way? Do you feel like you could take on the world? To be honest, mate, you've just given me my own philosophies that I have learnt over the past few years of being an anxious, stupid, worrying person. Mm. I have luckily come to the decision and then the realisation that you just have to literally just not give a fuck about most of these things. So you've just affirmed what I already believe. Yes, that's very nice to have a bit of confirmation that I'm not just living in a dream world and should probably book my ideas up. (laughs) Get a job. Clean the house. Maybe eat something for once. <laughs> I I mean, I wouldn't go that far. That's a bit drastic, really. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be doing all that shit, mate. Just go out, have a drink, go home, have a wink. <laughs> <laughs> so Ian does feel like he could take on the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Ian uprising. <laughs> I'll gobble you all off. <laughs> oh, God. Brilliant. Well, there you go couple of quotes for you splashing beautiful very nice thank you <laughs> you're very welcome <laughs> and uh if you are feeling this way inclined after next week you know if the high is worn off and you're feeling a bit low again just just come back and listen again yeah you can listen to this segment and then next week next monday there'll be another one just coming out and next week is a halloween episode oh it is isn't it how exciting we had an interview set up that we were going to do but they pulled out then we had another interview that was set up that we were going to do and then they pulled out. So now you're stuck with us two again, unless Jordan pulls out. <laughs> but we have a very good idea. It's not a sentence I thought I'd ever hear you say. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. <laughs> you dirty Jordan. I just don't know what you mean. <laughs> Yeah, we have we have a good idea that's going to be more of a a live sort of thing. So it's going to be slightly different from what we normally do for the Super Halloween spectacle special bastard show. Oh yeah! So stay tuned for that. I think it should be good fun, actually. Oh yeah, I can't wait. Well, does that about bring us round to the end of today's episode, then, Jordan? I think it does. Nice one. That was lovely. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Two Guys What's Up. If you'd like to get in touch for any reason at all, our link tree is in the link of this episode, which you can click on and just be jetted off to all the links that you'll need for everything Two Guys What's Up related. Want to email us? Click the link. Want to see our YouTube channel? Click the link. Want to give Jordan a sponge bath? Yeah. Click the link. <laughs> I didn't expect that reaction, Jordan. That was a bit creepy. I liked it, though. It was good. I like the energy. <laughs> don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen to us so you don't miss another episode. And maybe even tell a friend. When do you go back to 1940s next time you're in Liverpool? Just run down the road, just screaming. Two guys, what's up at everyone? They won't know what it is. They don't have iPhones. But who cares? 
And don't forget we now have a Patreon where you can find all sorts of Two Guys What's Up bonus stuff, including our beautiful pin badges, which comes with a shout-out, our glorious Two Guys What's Up branded t-shirts, and if you really can't get enough of our fantastic tales and gorgeous voices, we now even have bonus episodes, of which there is currently just some sitting up there because I can never remember how many there is supposed to be at the time of release, but they are just waiting for your ears to gargle the audio juice. And that is available right now, starting with the bonus episodes, for just £3 a month. So if you want to help support the show and get some cool stuff while you do it, head over to patreon.com forward slash two guys what's up to check out all the goodies over there. Link will be down below for your clickety click click smacking pleasure. Beautiful. But if you can't spare the dosh, but you still want to help us out, a five star rating and review in the Apple podcast would go a super long way to help us out, and we would be eternally grateful. We would. But on that note, thanks for listening. You have an amazing week, guys, and we will see you next Monday. Bye! Does that make sense? Because I f***ed it up loads. <laughs> you did, but it does. Just as you said it the first time. And the second, and the third, and the fourth. <laughs> <laughs>